Cheese. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasberry. Um, Frank Pelicum. And I just wanted to do a short introduction to the two of us for everybody um, before you start po- hopefully listening to our podcast uh, where we look at uh, different genres each week. Um, <clears throat> Frank's going to be the primary one talking most of the time about um, since it's his list that we're going to be going through. Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple questions, Frank, so everybody can kind of get a better idea of like what your sensibilities are and all right. um, a little bit of your background. Uh, when did you start first watching movies? Well, I mean, obviously I watch movies like my whole life. Um, I'd say I started like watching movies in a more critical sense when I was 13 or 14, maybe. Um, or at least started watching more than just, you know, like kids movies or blockbusters or whatever, like having a more varied approach to like how I would rent movies and movies that I was seeking out. What caused that to happen? There's a couple things. Um, first thing was that I was really into horror movies. I'm still really into horror movies, but <clears throat> when I was young, I was like, that was my favorite genre. And, um, I had taken a book out from the library of horror movies. I think it was like a time life book or something. And there was a lot of movies in there I didn't know about from, like, the the early days of film, you know, like, the 20s and 30s, and then even stuff from, like, the 60s and 70s that I got introduced to through that. Um, and they had more of the series, so I took out books on, like, like films of the 60s, films of the 70s, and I started seeing um, the images of stuff like Bergman movies and um, Fellini and, I don't know, like, the the greats of like, I guess, middle 20th century film. Um, and I also at that time, uh, became friends with a guy in, in school who was also really into movies. So we kind of like fed off each other, I guess, in a lot of ways. Um, even then my interests were more like schlock and B movies and stuff. And that's always been like my favorite genres, like the exploitation films and horror films. But, you know, I started watching a lot more, a lot more movies. Um, and then, honestly, the biggest influence was getting my license and um, Choices video in Delaware, which had five movies for $5 for five days. So I would go up, um, we'd go up after school, usually on like a, whatever new comic book day was, like Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever that day was, um, get our comics, go rent five movies. I'd watch those five movies during the week. And then on Friday or Saturday, you know, go back, take the movies back and rent five more so. There was probably a good period of time where I was probably watching in excess of, like, 10 to 20 movies a week, like, during my childhood, so. And even now, I probably still watch, like, three or four movies a week on average. You said that exploitation horror movies are kind of, like, your bread and butter when you were younger. Like, what has that expanded to over time? Like, what do you watch now, primarily? Um, I mean, I still still watch that stuff. You know, you have... <clears throat> a wealth of movies on like Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu and even YouTube um, that would have been impossible to see when I was a kid. So there's still plenty of things that are really obscure um, that I still enjoy watching. Um, I'll still pretty much watch every horror movie that comes out for the most part, like unless it looks incredibly terrible. And even then sometimes once it becomes free, like I'll watch it. Um, I go through periods where I'm really into different directors um, so when I find, I guess like I binge, I don't know, like directors, authors, whatever, but, um, I really like the seventies is probably my favorite like decade of film. Um, most, many of my favorite movies come from the 1970s. So 
you know, I don't know. Pretty much anything that seems interesting, like, I'll watch. <clears throat> so, could you explain maybe different directors that you are particularly fond of? Yeah, um, I mean, I love the, like, the obvious, I don't know, like, art, art house choices, so, you know, um, Akira Kurosawa, Ingmar Bergman, um, Jean-Luc Godard, one of my favorite directors, um, Michelangelo Antonioni is another one of, like, my absolute favorites. Um, I like, I like, American directors like someone like Scorsese and um, you know like Tarantino is one of my favorites for a long time. Um, I don't know uh, John Carpenter actually another one that's probably like kind of obvious because of my love of horror like I really like Carpenter a lot. Um, for the longest time I would just buy like every Criterion release that came out. So I got introduced to a lot of directors my early to mid twenties or like my early thirties. Um, that I had not really known before. Again, like, the advent of streaming services and the increase in my disposable income made it a lot easier for me to see, um, like, everything, really. So, I don't know. But my my favorite directors of all time, you know, Kurosawa, Bergman, um, Goddard, and Antonioni, I think, probably those four. Like, absolutely. And, uh, like, Werner Herzog sometimes. Like, I don't like all of Herzog stuff, but... I really love Herzog. Oh, and Polanski too. Like I love Roman Polanski, even though it's kind of tough to kind of tough to love the guy. Like in the modern age, with his I don't know terrible predilections and criminal history. I think we can separate the artist from the person. Though. Oh, and Kubrick. You know, Kubrick's another guy right. that like I pretty much love. I guess aside from Eyes Wide Shut, like I like every Stanley Kubrick movie. I at least like find it appealing, and I probably haven't given Eyes Wide Shut enough of a chance in my adult life but I hated that movie so I don't know yeah I think we probably need to watch that again someday and talk about it yeah. um, Owen Lynch David Lynch another one right love David what Lynch what if we drill down into horror since you talk about that so much what about favorite directors there uh, I like I mean they don't really make any sense in their films a lot of times but I really like the Italian guys like love Mario Bava um, love Lucio Fulci um uh, Toby Hooper uh, directed a couple of my favorite horror movies ever in Texas Chainsaw and Poltergeist. Um, Argento? Yeah. Argento is weird because some Argento movies are really good and some Argento movies are really bad and once he becomes like it's like sexually fixated on his daughter like it becomes kind of difficult to watch. Um, because it's one of those instances where you can't separate the artist from the person. No, no. And it's really <laughs> creepy. Um, like, really, like, lovingly long shots of, like, her naked. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Um, I mean, yeah, but, like, Argento has some really good movies. Like, I like the, whatever they call it, like, the Mother trilogy, like, Suspiria, um, Inferno, and whatever the other one's called, Mother of Tears or whatever. Um, I like more, like, individual horror movies. I mean, there are some directors that only do, like, one or two or it's like movies that just happen to, for whatever reason, like it's almost like, I don't know, like like lightning in a bottle or whatever. I don't know what the analogy, like the whatever colloquialism you'd use. But like there's certain, like I, I enjoy horror movies, like just as individual pieces more than I can tell you that I like, like a whole director's whatever. But I guess if I had to pick a director like Baba or Carpenter or um, Wes Craven, 
you know, aside from like Last House on the Left, which I'm not a big fan of, like I like most of Wes Craven's movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a guy actually. Last House on the Left would be an interesting movie to talk about. I don't ever want to talk about that movie. I Last House on the Left is one of the most, and it's weird because one of my favorite movies of all time is um, The Virgin Spring, the Bergman movie, and Last House on the Left is basically just like a remake of The Virgin Spring. But man, like. I don't know. Like it's I don't so, like that movie, but I think there's some really effective. Oh, there is. Like it makes you really uncomfortable. Yes. I don't ever want to watch it again. But I guess if you made me. Um, there's another director. He's a. I think he's Belgian. Um, Fabrice Duels, who um, directs like weird, like I don't know, psychological horror movies. Um, a couple of which you know will we we've talked about. Um, but really, you know, I I like him a lot. What's your favorite type of horror? Supernatural horror, I guess, probably. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i not... I'm hot and cold on slasher films. Like, I love some slasher movies, and I can also be incredibly bored and disinterested in slasher movies. Like, I don't even mind, like, gratuitous violence, but there's just... There's got to be something else behind it, like some artistry. Um, like, I think the hostile movies are absolute garbage, you know, because it's just like torture for torture's sake and there's a Japanese series called guinea pig that's similar to that and I hate those movies like they're and I spent so much like money and time trying to watch those movies when I was a kid only to be like super disappointed um and my tastes have changed over time like you know I'm, I'm a dad and I have like a teenage son and like I've become a lot more empathetic I guess as I get older so it's more difficult for me to watch just like like, I'm really uncomfortable watching, like, rape or, like, overt torture of, like, innocence, like, children or whatever. And it's just, I don't need to see everything anymore. Like, I'm not super fixated on, like, gore and whatnot. I'm sure that having a child definitely changes that. Do you think some of that's a product of age? Maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, when I was a kid, like, it was, you know, my whole thing was I wanted to be, like, I don't know, like counterculture or whatever you want to call it, like alternative sure. in air quotes. Um, so watching like those really like gratuitous things was appealing to me, you know, where I could sit down and watch, but it's weird because there's things like Henry, which I think Henry portrait of zero killer, which I think is maybe like one of the most, maybe the most effective horror movie I've ever seen or close to it. That's one that I never want to watch. Again. Really uncomfortable, but I love that movie and I've seen that movie. It's fantastic movie. Like, I never want to watch like it. Half a dozen it, it, it really disturbed me when I watched it. Because it feels like you're seeing like yes. a real, like you're actually watching like these events unfold. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that for me, artistry will always trump content. Like if something is really well made or grabs my interest that I'm, I can get past. Like the genre. The... Yeah. Or just like if something's making me uncomfortable, sure. like if it's done right. Um, I can accept it, but I'm no longer interested in just like exploitation for exploitation's sake. Like, there's got to be still defend something. E.T. the killer, though. Yeah, it's a good movie. Movie. Oh, that's another one. Um, what's his name? Takashi Miike. I like him yeah. a lot. I like some Miike's movies too. Yeah, he's really um another one too, though. That like I still enjoy those movies, and there's a lot of nostalgia in my enjoyment of those movies. But like, I like the story of Ricky or whatever. It's not a good movie. Like, I can admit that. Um, I would have like probably defended it a lot stronger. I I think each of the killers is still a good movie. I think you're wrong about that. How many movies do you estimate that you've probably seen in your life? I don't know. Ten thousand, maybe. Maybe more than that. 
Maybe less. I, I think don't know. I think it's probably more than that. Maybe. I think I've seen 10. Um, my, my friend Sean in high school, the guy that I used to watch the most movies with um, during my formative years, we used to buy the Golden Retriever uh, video guide. Golden Retriever, if you're unfamiliar, was these like several thousand page, like 40 pound tomes of everything that was released on VHS. And we would go through and we would check like every movie we had seen. And I, I, I had seen even in my late teens, early twenties, like several thousand movies. So yeah, I think we estimated at one point that it might be closer to something like 15,000. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I've seen a lot of movies. I'm pretty sure I'm close to 10, if not a little over. So then you've seen a lot more than me. So I think that that's probably accurate. What a, what a commentary on the life, right? That like an average movie is like an hour and a half and <laughs> how many hours of my life have I spent like, sitting there watching movies? Think about how many, how many hours of video games you've played too on top of that. We didn't talk about that. Um, <clears throat> That's a lot too. And books. Like and I read, read, read a lot of books. Sure. Yeah, and life less ordinary, right? <laughs> Do you still find that you love film as much as you did when you were younger? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the areas we probably differ on a little bit. It's it's more rare, I think. I I used to, I used to fall in love with movies like on a really regular basis when I was young. Like I would, and again, this is because you know when I was young, I was watching all these great movies that I had never seen. So there's a certain, you know, you watch like Seven Samurai for the first time, and how are you not blown away by Seven Samurai the first time you see it? You know what I mean? And so now, like, it's more rare that I watch something that's great that I've never seen before. Yeah. But even in the past couple of years, you know, um, Fury Road and the Blade Runner sequel, um, even things that I don't, like, love from, like, an artistic standpoint necessarily, like, I still, like, really enjoy, like, sitting there and watching the Avengers movies and the Star Wars movies. And, you know, I know there's a lot of, like, controversy with, like, stuff like that, but... I find that I can just, like, allow myself to just be entertained by movies, and I really appreciate that now. Whereas before, I would have been a lot more pretentious about it and would never have admitted that I could enjoy something like that, but... I can agree with that, but... I mean, I watched, like, this middling... I actually find that I probably enjoy, I'll put it in air quotes, artistic movies less than I used to. I think that's where my big problem is, is kind of the independent scene... Well, I mean, it, it really depends. I mean, I, I think there's... If we go back to where, where my big contention has always been for, you know, this for 10 years now or more, is that all of those independent movies became what I call, you know, middle class, like bourgeois white people movies, where everything was, what, Little Miss Sunshine, yeah. Squid and the Whale, you know, it all became... Sideways or whatever that movie's called. Yeah, Sideways to certainly. It's the Garden State. uh, It is the Garden State. The Garden State effect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What is uh, what occurred in the Garden? John Irving. John Irving. It it became like it became this modern day kind of like John Irving masturbatory, including some John Irving like adapted movies. Absolutely, Squid and the Whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it all became Squid and the Whale. Is that right? No, no. It's that. There's another one that was around that time. The one with the, the door, the door and the floor, something like, something like that. <laughs> is that is that a real the movie? The door and the floor. Did and I the just make that up? Boar yeah, and I don't know. I like John. I, I mean, I like John Irving. I don't know about. I, <laughs> so, 
But I, I found that everything became... No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan of genre either. But I found that it all became that sort of thing. And I do see it's coming out of that a little bit. So one of the things... There's a lot more diversity in artistic film that yeah. I'm starting to see, like in terms of the genres, in terms of the directors. Well, one of the know, things that is writers. saving it is that a lot of, like... There really is very little, like, independent film anymore, sure. unless you go to, like, the direct-to-video section of Walmart or whatever. But there's things like, like, the horror genre has taken a lot of steps to become more respectable. I mean, you have, um, just in the past few years, like, Babadook and It Follows and, um, Hereditary and, um, Annihilation. I mean, there's really, like, really well-done movies that are genre films now, and I think that, I think that there's people that aren't forcing themselves to make a movie that's just like a drama in order to whatever like tell a story like they're willing to go into different like genres to you know to like tell really good stories and I think that it I I think it's improved film like again like I still you know Hereditary is probably the last movie that I um like I really excited about like when I was watching it but I love that movie and it was great watching it in the theater and that's just been like what like two months now well I mean it's August of 2018 for reference but you know I mean I, I still can get really excited about movies yeah I find it harder anymore but I get excited about older movies still yeah like some of the things that we're gonna be rewatching, um you know over the course of the power along this last I mean yeah I'm really excited to rewatch and see again um, some of the things I've already rewatched them and some of the things I've like new movies that I watched because I've never seen them before I've really enjoyed a lot um I don't know how to describe myself really I know people associate me with I guess film noir mm-hmm. but I think otherwise I just kind of fall all over the spectrum probably of like genre and film I'm not a particularly big fan of westerns as much oh yeah I love westerns yeah it depends like I can't do the John Wayne shtick like they're a little difficult to watch anymore there's a couple of those like the Searchers Searchers is good good. Stagecoach is really good John Wayne movie one yeah Man Who Shot Liberty Balance yes yes Man Who Shot Liberty Balance is good um yeah, there's some of those I like, you know, but I, I'm I'm much more for the spaghetti stuff, I guess, out of westerns than I do anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, well, but, and again, like the but, Italian, but like that glut of movies from the '30s to the you know '60s of the you know rough and tumble cowboy, yeah. you know, who's going to save the day, and I I don't I, I don't care about those movies. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I don't like dirt. <laughs> It's like, strange, you know, it's like, like I don't like, like that dusty look to those movies, and I don't like the the color of those movies from the 50s. Oh, yeah, movies. I love those colors. Well, I guess it's like that's Turner coloring in yeah. the movies. Like, no, some like of that stuff like... was shot in Technicolor. Okay. I mean, not to talk too much about Westerns, but I, yeah. I just... I, I think that Westerns do a good job of, like, even though they're a Western, they encompass, like, so many different ideas. Yeah. But one of the fa- most fascinating things about film in general is, like, and again, like, I've, I've seen a lot of movies. Like, I've seen such a small fraction of, like, every movie that's ever made. You know what I mean? So, like, there's so many things that I haven't seen yet. And so, no matter what, like, I can, on a, like, typically on a Saturday, um, you know, and I'm just by myself, like, I'll watch, like, a movie or two that I've never seen before, and it's just random. I just go and find something and just watch it. And, like, I'm disappointed sometimes, but sometimes I'm really pleasantly surprised. And, See, I think there's a lot of willpower in that. To, to be able to do that because I think I'm much more 
like a lot of modern people are aware I'm trying to think it was like last night was an example was I was sitting there and I run out of stuff to watch on YouTube so I pulled up Netflix and I was like going through movies like oh what could I watch and I just browsed Netflix for 30 minutes and was like oh I could watch one of these 15 movies and then I couldn't make a decision and I didn't really want to sit there and like you know I'll waste 15 minutes looking but I won't spend an hour and a half or two hours watching and then it's just like okay like let me go so find something else to do that, that's actually a really interesting point and I've never actually thought about this before but I think that maybe one of the reasons why like I love movies so much is because when I was young and this is true for like most people our age but you'd go into the video store and you would have to make a selection right and like right. so especially when I was a kid like before I started driving and renting movies myself um, you know I'd be able to rent one movie and that would be the movie on a Friday night, and I would have the weekend to watch it, like a movie and a video game. Sure. And then on Sunday, we would take that movie back. So if you pick a terrible movie, you're watching that movie because that's what yes. you got. And now, like Captain Ron, yeah, Ca- Captain Ron is a terrible movie, and I don't know why you would have rented Captain Ron. Like why that would have been your choice, but um, I liked Kurt Russell. Yeah, well, Kurt Russell, that's fine. Terrible movie. Um, Jesus, Captain Ron. Um, it says something that that's what popped in my mind. Yeah, when you when you, when, when I personalize that scenario, Captain Ron's what popped. In my it says mind. something that my disgust with you running like you as a child deciding that Captain Ron was the movie you were going to. Yeah, like eleven years old. Um, but now like you don't have to make the choice anymore. Like if I start watching, and I'm I'm guilty of this too. Like if I start watching a movie, and it's roundly terrible, um, I can just stop it and never go back to it. Again. And it's it's kind of dangerous. And, like, you have your phone and you have other things that are distracting you. Yeah. But when I really want to watch a movie, like, when there's something that, like, from a director that I love, you know, um, or if I'm just particularly excited about it for some reason, you know, I put my phone far enough away where I can't really look at it. Mm. Um, and I just watch the movie. Like, I just sit there in my recliner and the lights are off and I just watch, you know. And it's it, it still can be a, a, a transformative experience, in my opinion. Even though you can be distracted by so many other things, like when something grabs you, it still like gives me like a sense of excitement. And I it's really weird. It's, it's for me. It's getting to the point of watching. It's not watching it. Once I watch it, like once I start a movie, I play it out. Like it yeah. depends, unless it's too long, and then I might take breaks. But because you know, I don't like long movies. Yeah. Uh, Chris is uh Chris is like cut off point is like eighty eight minutes for a film. So. That's a that's a perfect length right yeah. there because the three minutes of that is the credits, um so it's probably eighty five minutes and uh which is a lot of hor- a lot a lot of B horror movies um, and C horror movies fall into that yeah. range. Sometimes like seventy one minutes. So. Sometimes it is um and even better. I don't know. So I, uh, do you? Do you miss that? The idea of going and being able to rent the five for five? I do. I really do miss it. And I miss the... I miss the thrill of the hunt. That you would really have to work to find stuff. I mean, one of my... So we had a couple of video stores in the area that had art house and, you know, like, out-of-print films. And that was one of the things. Is like, for a long time, something would come out on VHS and would never come out on VHS again. It wasn't like now where I can just search on Prime and like 90% of the movies I want to look for are there and if they're not there someone's ripped it to YouTube where I can just go and sit down and watch a whole movie 
But you would you would go in and I mean I remember um this movie Liquid Sky. It's like a I think it's a seventies or eighties like I don't even know what you call it like psychotropic drug sci-fi I don't know exploitation film. Never in at the video store. Like it took me until my adult life to find that movie, but and to watch it. But like every week I would go in and be like, oh, I'm going to rent Liquid Sky, and then it wouldn't be there. And then you got to like hunt something else down. And you know, I was reading books, so you would read about. You know, I used to buy all these books about like like British horror and Italian horror and zombie horror and like ghost horror and whatever. And I'd read about these like little movies that had been shown for like three weeks in like some grindhouse theater. And you'd have to like, we had, there was video search in Miami. I don't know if you're familiar, but they were a company that would sell you bootleg movies that were commercially available in the U S for $25. And you would just get this, like you'd get this like sketchy looking like tape and just like a nondescript box that had like, like typewriter printed on the side what it was or I guess it was a sticker later with like computer printing but that's how I saw like a lot of the Japanese horror when I was in my like early 20s and Italian horror that was never released you know and then you had the big glut in the mid 2000s where everything like Rhino particularly would just release everything on DVD and so then again like it was disposable income like you know we would we would go to Best Buy and Borders every Monday and I would spend $200 on DVDs, and then all those DVDs would be watched by the following Monday. So, I don't know. But now, because you can just look up anything you want, like, from your couch. Like, it kind of takes that... There, there, there is some, some excitement that's gone from, like, finding new movies. You know, because there's so much resources. You know, you can just type in, like, top 10 unknown horror, top 10 unknown whatever on YouTube and get like 500 hits of things you can watch a video where somebody tells you about a movie you may not have ever seen. Sure. Whereas before it was like word of mouth and talking to people and developing relationships with like the weirdos that worked at the video stores and stuff like that. And, you know, going to like comic book conventions or like record conventions or whatever. And Because we're living, I just saw an article on BBC, um, I think it was yesterday. It was like there's uh, the guy who runs the last blockbuster. It's out in Oregon, mm. and there's still there's one blockbuster left in Oregon. That's it, and yeah. he, this guy runs it. And it was an interview with him and the people that go there still talking about how like there's just a culture in this town always that the movie store was really important, and it seems to be probably that it's not going to last very much longer. Is is the implication of the article? Be tough, I would imagine. Sure. Uh, but it still looks like an old blockbuster. All like you know, yeah. the same movie lined up, like especially the big hits lined up, like fifty of them on a rack, and uh, so where I was going with that though is like there's a lot of people that are that might be listening that vaguely remember or don't even know what that experience is like anymore because I mean Blockbuster died what, 10 years ago yeah and Blockbuster was not a place that I went and rented movies no no so, no not me know. either mine was yours was what did you say it was Choices and... Choices there was um, Video Paradiso in Newark there was right. uh, Movie King in Northeast had actually really good horror well, that's right I forgot there was a Movie King in Northeast yeah because yeah, mine was Movie King in Elkton yeah um, we used to go Channel to, 3 for a little Yeah, bit. Channel 3. We used to go to Movie King in Elkton too sometimes. Especially. Channel 3 had the horror, like all the stuff that Movie King wouldn't have. <clears throat> Movie King had a huge porn section. Like that was the most did, uncomfortable thing. Like did. that was like. So did, um, what was the place up in Suburban Plaza? In, in, in oh Delaware? yeah, I can't remember what that place was called. That, yeah. yeah. 
That video was a show place. place. Video show place. That was a really good, um, really good place for finding like out of print stuff. Like they had some really, oh really, obscure yeah. like seventies and eighties like foreign horror films that a lot of other places didn't have. They were expensive though. I think they were like five dollars a movie to rent. So it was, yeah. yeah, they were. It was really expensive. I just drive across you know town to choices and get my five for five. Sure, uh, and that, and then yeah. Video King would be king because uh, they changed names, but uh, yeah. they, it started doing the five for five, like in like somewhere yeah. 90, 91 or something like that, maybe. Because that's where I maybe ninety two or ninety three. But now you're paying because I started watching movies. I had surgery at one point in ninety three, I think it was, and I had Leonard Malden. I didn't have the fancy big um, video hound book. I had a Leonard Malden's guide. Mm-hmm. I had um, the Leonard Maltin books, and I used to highlight the movies that I saw in. But my mom would go every day, like because I couldn't really move at all um, for like ten days. Um, she would go and rent every day, pretty much five new movies, and I would just give her a list of what to rent, and that's how like I ended up seeing pretty much all the really famous classic film, probably. Yeah. So that's where I first saw. The Godfather's Dog Day Afternoon, you know, pretty much all those films from the seventies. Yeah, you, know, you you talk about. Um, it's a but shame, yeah, I, but I but I miss that feeling. Like I like it, it. It made you make a decision. You're right. And there's no recourse to it anymore because all I'm paying is what 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 is that? I don't even know how much things cost, but like, like I pay some amount of money that's under probably like twelve dollars a month for Netflix. <laughs> Was that you? Like a month ago, that didn't uh, try to guess the price of milk, and you yeah, didn't know. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, things just they, they just cost whatever. I mean, right, you pay yeah. for it and you have it. But okay. like, like with Prime and like Prime, I pay once a year, so that's even less of sure, like. I think, like, I mean, I think Prime's up to like a one twenty or something. Yeah, like but I don't know. I mean, what is that? Like ten dollars a month? Like that's nothing. Sure. So there's no Netflix is less than that. There's no um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like. It doesn't matter if I don't watch the movie or I don't finish it, you know, and like, it doesn't matter if I'm not watching it today because it's going to be there in, you know, seven or eight days. The only thing that gets me nervous sometimes is when I see like, like I'll read like an article about like what's leaving Netflix this month and then I didn't even know something was there and then I got to go like rush and watch it because I had a big problem with Netflix is when I was looking for stuff the other night and I was just kind of hitting like the, what other movies would they recommend off of this movie? And sh- shit on Netflix that I had no idea. Even it's existed. weird that Netflix is so like unintuitive in that sense. Like yeah. I don't know why they hide so many things. Yeah, even when you go in through the genres, they don't give you everything. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's very strange. strange. Um, I, I'm assuming it's probably some sort of um, payola type thing. It's like the people that pay them, or it's just them trying to force you into watching all their original content. Well, that's certainly one of the things. They certainly give that preferential treatment, and I think that's probably fair. Right. I, uh, I'm not paying a lot of money for it, so. Sure. So, but I mean, um, I, I think it's definitely something where certain studios probably pay money and they get somehow put higher in the algorithm that yeah. ends up recommending things to you. But I love watching movies. I can't imagine a time in my life where I would ever not love watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the few things that truly, like, gives me an escape from... No matter how I feel in, like, the real world or whatever, like, a good movie can, like, always give me something else to think about, yeah. you know, for the two hours of its running time and then some. Agreed. So. Okay. So, the concept that we're going to be running with, uh, that you'll see a few episodes up, uh, if you're just now first for the first time listening to this, 
is that we're going to take some list, usually that I've created for Frank, where he's going to look at the top and pick the top five movies. Um, it's a subjective list. 100%. 100% subjective. Uh, we're, uh, no definitive claims are being made here, but what we're going to be doing is walking through what Frank likes about those movies. You know, we're going to look at some uh, critical uh, works by reviewers, uh, usually contemporary reviewers of those movies. Uh, try to probe it a little bit for the weaknesses and stuff like that. And <clears throat> we have a few other ideas that might come down the pike later in terms of some of the things we would want to do uh, in terms of maybe shorter podcasts because the top fives are seeing the average around an hour and a half, two hours, somewhere in there. Um, but that's a little bit about us, a little bit about what we're trying to do here. You can go ahead and uh, if you have any ideas for us, if you wanted to email us at two guys five movies, that is the number two and the number five, two guys five movies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. Um, you can tweet your list to us um, if you wanted to. Um, so, uh, any feedback that anybody has in terms of the content, especially if it comes down to the audio, which is going to be a constant struggle because mm. I am not somebody who is. Uh, uh, technically proficient in a lot of things so this is a new venture I'm learning a lot um, and we're both learning a lot I think in terms of actually doing these podcasts so, I'm learning nothing <laughs> so um, anybody has any feedback feel free to uh, hit us up at one of those places and let us know thanks for um, listening yeah thank you <laughs>